problem is that most of us lack that connection to ourselves even and that intuitiveness and that really that oneness and that belief and trust in Hashem on a high level to be able to look inside ourselves to to really recognize what our body is saying to us and when it's talking to us and it's telling us something. So we go to other people. Hello, and thank you for joining our podcast, Hope to Recharge, a show that is designed to bring hope, inspiration, motivation, and some practical tips to those that are battling depression and anxiety, and to those that are supporting loved ones that are going through the journey in this difficult time of depression and anxiety. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone, and we will live beyond depression and anxiety. We will share our stories one story at a time in a world of mental health together is better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge. Today is Tuesday. Tuesday is a special day. Actually, the person that I'm going to interview today is very into spirituality and different ideas of meanings behind different things. And I remember him once telling me that Tuesday is a very special day because there's double good on Tuesday. Is that true? Yeah, double good. Okay. Today, I guess that's why we were supposed to record last week, but it didn't work out. So it was meant to be today on Double Good Day. And today I'm introducing to you Brian Weiss. Brian Weiss came into my life in my journey of healing, I think five or six years ago, five or six years ago, I was living in Boca. I thought I was on the road to recovery when I hit rock bottom again. I hit depression big, big time for, it wasn't such a long time, but it was one of the worst cases I had. And I remember reaching out to one of my friends back at home in New York, one of my yogi friends, and I said, I I need a healer. Now, Brian does not like the word healer. He's against the word healer, but I used to call him my healer. He's really my mentor, my my coach, my life coach, my support, my energy tapper. And he guided me, I would say he guided me to find my path in healing. Um, I, till today, I'd laugh with him and I say, I don't really understand what you do and I don't understand how it works. And we had many, many conversations on, on debating if what he does can be real or not. But that was my skeptic part of me speaking. The bottom line is he held my hand through the process. I never met him until I already got to wellness. So we did many, many sessions over the phone. And when I say many, 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 many sessions over the phone, sometimes it was on a daily basis because I was really not doing well. His holistic approach really helped me in my uh, quest to wellness. So I asked him if he was willing to join my podcast because a lot of people, a lot of people that hear my my journey asked me about what does this mean you talk about a healer we're not going to we're not going to refer to him as a healer we're going to refer to him as a holistic technician or in, an intuitive technician can i say that brian medical intuitive medical intuitive um brian also deals a lot with biofeedback he works with biofeedback in order to help people with allergies Basically, any problem they come up with, they can come to Brian and he taps into the energy. So welcome, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thank you for be, for willing to come on my show. I know it wasn't um, something that you were so excited to do, but I'm, I'm really grateful that you came because a lot of people want to understand um, part of my journey of how I got to wellness. And you were, I want to say, one of the fundamental 
part of my quest to healing. So since I didn't really give a good synopsis of what you do, maybe you can give like a minute or two of um, how you got into what you're doing and what do you do? All right. That's a very broad question. Uh, but it started uh, many years ago when I myself had a medical condition, let's say, that wasn't life-threatening, but that was life-altering. Medical science, medical doctors really weren't giving me an answer that made any sense. They just said that that's the way it is and there's nothing you can do about it. So not accepting that that's not the way God made the world, I began to seek out other avenues, other ways of not just taking care of the symptoms, but trying to figure out what caused the problem in the first place. Because as I understood the way the human body is, person doesn't just go from health to sickness, from everything's okay to symptoms uh, immediately. Things take time in the body to uh, churn and unbeknownst to the person, eventually the symptoms come. Um, so to make a long story short, in my travels, I, um, I came to what's called NAET, which is, uh, stands for Nambutrapad's Allergy Elimination Technique. There's a doctor in California, Dr. Nambutrapad, who discovered back in the 80s that, that balancing somebody to something they're allergic to, to something they have an issue with, uh, resetting their central nervous system can take away that allergy, that imbalance, that sensitivity. I don't want to really go into, uh, you know, allergies, but what had happened was in me dealing with somebody who was helping me, I developed a, a very strong bond with this with this modality, we'll call it, with this concept of not even really taking a uh, an herb or something natural to heal the body, which not to say that one shouldn't take something, but in other words, for the core was really Hashem made the body, God made the body so it can heal itself. And if we put it where it needs to be, then people would be really surprised at what they are really capable of in developing in starting to developing this connection to this modality, this concept, it was obvious that uh, God had plans for me and whatever I was doing in my life was not what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, again, cut short a few years, I wound up getting trained in certain ways and certain things and biofeedback and doing and learning and consulting with different rabbis and, and doctors and eventually started helping other people as a professional, as a profession versus, uh, you know, till then for years, I've been doing it on the side, helping friends and family. So generally, we are all energy beings. Everything in the world has energy. You know, God is connected to us all. He's connected enough that we exist. If God was completely here, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't exist. If God completely disconnected himself, then we couldn't exist. So everything is connected to, everything is energy. And much like a, each individual has a unique fingerprint, everybody and everything in the world has a unique energy fingerprint. Mm. And being able to recognize that energy, being able to feel that energy off a person allows me, first of all, to see where the imbalances are, the weaknesses are. Just again, it's not, it could be allergy, but I don't want people to uh, think this only has to do with someone has a peanut allergy. This goes for anything. If someone has an issue with something in their environment, uh, some, somebody has an issue with something in their own body or, or emotional. And then 
using energy, using biofeedback to balance those things helps the person's body become stronger and they begin to realize that they have the strength and they have the ability to heal and their body starts to become stronger and it starts to heal. Obviously, along with that, depending on the person, there is an amount, as you know, of uh, talking and, and teaching a person not that they need therapy for the next 15 years, but also how to be their own therapist and how to deal with not just the past or past traumas, but everyday life as it comes and how to deal with it and connecting the symptoms to whatever happened in the past so a person can heal properly and permanently, not temporarily. It's not a pill that might give quick results, but is not really taking care of the problem. It's just masking the symptoms. Did you heal your, did you feel that this, therapy, biofeedback, or whatever you did back in the day was the reason you healed at that time? Uh, for sure. For sure. It was a lot more primitive than what I do now because it was that basic form of, like I said before, NAT. So I had to get balanced for literally one item at a time. If my body had an issue with dairy, let's say, it was one visit to just take care of dairy. So in my day, so to speak, my journey was twice a week, every week for almost two years, going to this practitioner, going to this person to be able to heal. But every week, every month, I felt a little bit better. I felt a little bit, I felt a little bit stronger. I felt there were certain symptoms. There were certain things that in my body I felt started to change, even things that I didn't go to her for. You know, maybe sleep became better. Maybe skin was better. Maybe energy was better, you know, not feeling tired. Things started to change. And and it's it's then when I realized that what I thought over the years was one million percent true, and that is that unlike what we know in America, uh, that American that medical school teaches doctors, the symptom often uh, has nothing to do with what the actual problem is. So you have to go after what's causing the problem. So yeah, if someone smashes somebody in the knee and the knee hurts, we know that the problem is the knee and the pain is in the knee and the problem is from the knee. But many, many, many times, uh, especially the two most common things are headaches, some types of headache or migraines or some type of stomach disorder or issues. And there are many names for many different kinds for both. But the bottom line is, is that most of the time, it's not a head, a brain or a stomach issue or an intestinal issue. And even when it is, what causing it has nothing to do with the brain, it has nothing to do with the stomach. And that's what I do. It's not just a matter of balancing a person for whatever stomach issue or whatever head or whatever headaches they have, but finding and and feeling out what caused it, what was the initial cause, what are the triggers, and being able to balance a person for all those together is the really only way to get the body to heal from it permanently. How do you find out what is the cause of an issue? Well, the human body is like an onion, as they say, and it's peeling away the layers. So when a person, uh, when a person comes to me, I will, uh, I will get an idea. I will feel what emotions, what imbalances, what things need to be balanced, what the body wants to heal from. I'm taking a cue from the person who's here on what they want to deal with. And very often it's not the biggest thing first, or it's not the most recent thing first. It's, it's, I don't make those decisions. So if I mentioned to the person, for example, that, um, they were, um, I'm feeling terrified 
something is I'm feeling that you were terrified, you know, maybe five or six years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And the person will think back about something that probably happened in their life that that traumatized them at that point. And even though they haven't thought about it since then or uh, have trouble even remembering what it is, the past doesn't go away unless we deal with it properly and absolutely causes problems today. So as we peel away the layers, what I'm getting from that person energetically on their emotions and what their body wants to heal from, we're able to go back and to be able to balance a person through that past trauma. And, and only then can the body, that energy can reverberate to the present and the body can heal properly. So I have another, and a few questions on that. How do you tap into the source of problem? You say, I feel. I know we had many conversations about your feelings. Can you explain to the audience uh, what that means that you feel? Um, listen, legitimate question. I'm not sure I completely understand it myself. I know that uh, probably since I was a kid, I get a, you know, a certain feeling about a general feeling about people good, good energy, not good energy. The time when I first started doing this in order to determine these things I'm telling you about what emotion someone has to be treated for, I'd have to do muscle testing like many practitioners do. I'd have to muscle test a person uh, to be able to see what they needed to be balanced for. But in, in time in working um, with these things, I've become sensitive to be able to feel uh, I don't know how to describe except that it's not like I read someone's mind or know their secrets. It's a matter of when a person is is coming to me and they're opening themselves up because they want to heal, uh, especially, then uh, I'm going to, there's going to be a, for lack of a better word, there's a siyata dushmaya. There is a feeling about certain emotions or certain things that the person needs to be balanced for. We went from muscle testing to uh, a more advanced way of, and, a, and by that way, a more accurate and quicker way of being able to help a person with healing and dealing with the past as well as the present. Is it intuition? That is, that is the, uh, I guess, the correct phrase. That is the correct word because there are, I'm not the only one, <clears throat> there are many and there are many uh, way more insightful than me. Uh, but that is the term that I use. It's medical intuitive or medical intuition because uh, like many, you know, friends joke and relatives say, understand. So why don't you uh, concentrate and get us the winning, we'll get yourself the winning lotto numbers. And I said, it doesn't work that way. I'm not, I don't see the future. Even for people, most of the time, it's not a question of, of future. It's a question of the now. What is that person's energy now? Through the now, sometimes you can determine uh, certain things, but the, the, what I'm feeling is 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 in real time. What I'm feeling is what that person is going through now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and medical intuition is something that is very real. And there are people that have that push, that have that ability, that have that gift. And uh, it helps me to be able to help other people. Do you think that every person can work on their intuition to become more intuitive? Is everybody born with a certain level intuition and we can become better at it if we worked on it? For the most part, yes. I think that some people, like with everything else, have more of a a stronger foundation, a stronger, you know, because it goes by the person's neshama, the person's soul, you know, who is that person? Where did it come from? But we all have the ability to work on ourselves and get closer to God and to hold ourselves to a higher standard and, and to improve our 
intuitiveness and to prove our insightfulness and to be able to not just be intuitive toward, towards other people, but really to understand ourselves better. The, the irony is what I'm, you know, today you take in your car to uh, the mechanic, you take it to the dealer to be checked as an issue, there's a light on, they plug it in. I mean, and it tells them, tells them what the problem is. It tells them exactly which circuit, which whatever. People don't realize that we all are born with that ability to look inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. We just don't. In other words, when we have an ache and a pain, we go to the doctor. It's my body. Why don't I know why I have a pain? Why doesn't somebody know why they have a pain? They should. It's their body. They're going to think about the irony. We're going to somebody else to tell us why we have pain. We're the ones living in, it's our lives. It's our journey. What happened? So the problem is that most of us lack that connection to ourselves even and that intuitiveness and that really that oneness and that belief and trust in Hashem on a high level to be able to look inside ourselves to to really recognize what our body is saying to us and when it's talking to us and it's telling us something. So we go to other people and we go to other people again. So you can go to a medical doctor or you can go to someone who feels more in uh, holistic. You can go to someone who's who's going by the book. You can go to someone who's more intuitive. But we go to somebody else because we think we simply. How am I supposed to know what's wrong? Do you believe that every person should know what's wrong? Can you tell what's wrong with you if you have a headache? Do you know the source? Yes, yes. I mean, you know, when you're working on yourself, it's often a hard to explain. There's often um, I have to be careful. Be careful is the wrong word. I just have to make sure not to be get in my own head. In other words, if I predetermine in my own head what the problem is, then I'm not going to feel the right thing. But yes, if I have a headache, I know exactly what's causing it. If I have a stomach ache, I know exactly what it's from. And you can you can bring the positive energy that's needed or clear the negative in order to heal it? I don't know if that's the right terminology, but yes, the the the, the answer is is that let's let's take headaches for example. They're a little a little less complicated than you know, the stomach, the digestive system. Headaches come from only a limited number of reasons. If we take out, you know, God forbid, anything that's in someone's brain that doesn't belong there or any neurological issue, which is a very small percentage, then most people get a headache either because their sugar gets out of balance, which happens from an emotional trauma, or I shouldn't say emotional upheaval, it doesn't have to be a trauma, because emotions and sugar are connected. If emotions are out of whack, if somebody's going through something emotional, their sugar is going to get out of whack. And if someone's sugar is out of whack, like someone who's a diabetic or borderline diabetic, that will cause uh, emotional upheaval. As we see in life, why they're always depicting people, especially women, but people, even men, when there's uh, when there's that bad breakup or something happens, they run for the ice cream, they run for the cake and the cookies. Sugar, sugar is directly related to emotions. So now sugar being out of balance can cause a headache, uh, a sinus infection, or uh, even there are a lot of people when they're starting to get strep throat, they get a headache. Uh, there's a TMJ headache, which comes from people who are, who are not dealing with stress before bed or even in general stress, and they're clenching their teeth and their jaw is stiff, and that will cause a headache. There is um, hormonal imbalance. Well, again, I'm looking for the, the, the two or three is really the, the TMJ, the sinus infection, and the sugar are really the three main. Now, yes, you have uh, your hormones can get out of balance, you can be dehydrated, or even fasting, and you can get a headache. There's certainly plenty of things that 
can cause a headache. But the first thing, if someone tells me they have a headache, I'm an older and then there's a caffeine headache. Also, some people get a headache when they drink caffeine. Some people get a headache when they lack caffeine. So th- there's a, always a reason. But being able to uh, determine where the imbalance is, where the issue is, because even if you take extreme example of the person, especially children who are anaphylactically allergic to, let's say, nuts, it's not something that should be going on. Nuts are not poison. It's not the enemy of the body, but something caused the body to believe that the peanuts are trying to kill the body and the body, the central nervous system and the immune system overreact. And that in itself is unfortunately something that can uh, kill a person, but it doesn't make sense. In other words, it shouldn't be happening. So right there tells you, okay, so what's causing the problem? And I can tell you that I have dealt with people with anaphylactic allergies and they're no longer anaphylactic uh but the idea is is that it's not just for allergies it's for people who as you know have anxiety are depressed have anger issues uh get some type of headaches stomach aches uh you know skin rashes eczema psoriasis uh it's it's an endless list of things that doctors can only really give you you know prescribe a medication for that there's no real answer to those are the things that people come to me with that I try to help them and show them that they can heal from it. That the same way it came over time, they can get rid of it. I remember when I came to you, you said, you asked me when it started because you said if it happened, if you were born to it or if it's coming from utero, it's much harder to fix. But if it's something that happened through life, it's easier to go and remove the trauma or whatever happened in order to get to to healing. Why is that? What I've realized over time is the more chronic the problem, the longer it's been around on a, you know, on a medical level, the harder it is to balance a person's problem. Uh, as well as when someone's born with something, there's obviously, uh, there's obviously a much deeper meaning to what, you know, why is a, an innocent child coming into the world with a allergy or something like that? So that already is 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 something that requires a lot of times more work and uh and and the person is never going to be able to identify what the problem is so not that it's not fixable not that the person can't heal from it but a lot of times that takes uh more time or more work to get past it the individual is a big part of this also there are people who i've dealt with who will sit here and tell me brian everything you're saying makes Perfect sense. I get it 100%. I can't change the way I think. I can't. I simply can't. So there are people who are who are more determined to heal. There are people who have more of the tools to be able to work on themselves. And there are people who it is harder for. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have that ability. So that goes back to my journey, which I remember... Um, me begging you. I said, when will, when will I feel better? When will I feel better? I can't take this anymore. And we had many hour conversations and you kept on telling me, Matana, you need to do the work. You need to do the work. And until you do the work, whatever is happening cannot disappear. And it was a, it was in a way it was 
so sad to hear because when you're so depleted from energy, like I'm going to do work now, I'm going to have to go through dark moments in my life and forgive. I remember we spoke about forgiveness, so much forgiveness and so much um, letting go and acceptance, which was not so much part of my vocabulary at the time. And you introduced me to the muscle of forgiveness um, and how you forgive and how you let go and what does it mean to forgive? But when I was so depleted and you said to me, you need to do the work. And I was determined to heal. Is that correct? I was determined. You definitely were and are someone who, when you put your mind to something and that, that is the gift that God gave you. So like you're saying, even though there were times where it seemed like you didn't know how you were going to get out of it, uh, whether it was before we started working together or even after, it's your determination to get better is was your best friend so so when i was determined so i and i had someone a mentor like you that held my hand and said you're not going to die you don't worry you're not dying from this anxiety you're going to be okay but go through the motion to go deep deep in as as painful as it is and it's painful go dig deep and used to send me all kinds of sayings about if you don't do the work it's not going to work no one can heal you besides yourself. You know the answers to the to whatever is bothering you. But my question is, why is it that when we're so deep down, we can't tap into that on our own and we need someone to guide us through it? If we have all the answers, what is blocking us when we are yearning to heal? I think there's a certain clarity of mind and an understanding and a trust that you can heal yourself and to trust your own intuition about yourself and to really meditate. I mean, there is, a, there is, a, there is a certain amount of meditation that's required to, for someone to really be able to block out the noise, the energy noise, the, the actual noise from the world around us. I mean, today, especially, um, we have almost no downtime because not only are we working or taking care of kids or going to school or whatever it is and, and 17 different things going on, but we have these cell phones, these smartphones, and, and people will plug them in right by their night table at night and they are still looking at it and checking it when it's buzzing or, or spending. So your brain is, is on full stimulation mode. And then when it comes up and a few times it comes off stimulation mode, person doesn't, you know, they just want to go back and be stimulated or they're exhausted and they want to go to sleep. But making time to disconnect from anything and to really, uh, which I've taught people to do, to be able to, and I don't want to say block out or black out, but really white out uh, everybody and everything around you to be able to connect to your truest self, be able to connect with our creator above and to be able to look inside ourselves is something that everybody can do everybody has the potential to be able to do it, but they have to, you know, they have to do the work. You have to get there. It doesn't, it's not an automatic. So when somebody comes to you with depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, anger, how do you block yourself from getting their negative energy? Because they're coming, you said everything is energy and they're coming with a lot of it because they're ready to unload and to disconnect from it. How do you block yourself from receiving that? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, aside from people who are familiar with the, uh, the energetic world of healing, who know that when one heals somebody else and one helps somebody else, you know, the stuff comes to them. Um, 
like you're saying, even therapists who just listen to people's problems and issues and traumas and, and heartbreaking stories. And it's, it's work. It's work for me to prepare to be able to deal with people and to be sympathetic and to be able to be someone they trust in what I'm saying, but without me getting pulled in to internalize their stuff and hang on to it, which is very difficult because, you know, when someone comes, you feel bad for them. It's, it's human nature to want to help everybody. It's human nature to want to instantly take away their pain and, and, and their and their suffering. Um, that's that's taken me time over the years to, to have that balance and to be able to uh, meditate and do a whole list of things that I need to do to... Uh, minimize or not let it affect me. Does it work? <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> Unless I call and I'm very aggressive. But, for, but I remember you telling me, I remember once you said to me, Matana, you have intuition, you could do it. And it was my biggest fear of doing this one day. I said, what, I'm going to hear everybody's problems. I'll, I'll, I can't imagine holding, being a vessel to hear so much pain. And you explained to me how you shield yourself that they don't bounce their negative energy off of you and you're basically give empowering them to heal themselves so it's a it's a double win not only are you blocking yourself but you're empowering them to to heal themselves or to tap into ways to heal themselves but i think it's not a quick fix and it's not a one time thing and i want to um, explain to people that are struggling with mental health, depression, anxiety, or whatever it is, or supporting somebody that you taught me a lot about mindset, a lot, a lot, a lot about mindset that we can, we can train our, our body, we can eat healthy, we can run, we can meditate, we can do yoga. But if we don't have the right mindset and the belief, it triggers everything back to what it was. Do you mind um, bringing us down the path of a proper mindset for long term? I want to just, what you said just now is very much the case. Uh, so I just want to expand on that first to give a better foundation. And that is, um, as far as someone eating right and exercising and being healthy and then getting sick, it's like, what's that all about? Emotions, people should, should and need to realize that emotions are the shell that protect the human body. Meaning that if someone in fact takes care of themselves physically, they get enough sleep, they eat right, they drink, they exercise, they're hydrated, um, it's not enough. It's, it's not going to make up for someone who is, uh, is carrying around anger or resentment or, or didn't deal with a certain trauma. They're going to be symptoms. A person is going to get sick. It doesn't mean they're going to get deathly sick, but they're going to get sick. However, if a person is emotionally sound and they've taken care of their traumas and they have a good outlook on life and they deal with things in a healthy way, they don't bury things, uh, even if they don't eat the healthiest food. They have their salad, but they have their cake and they have their, uh, you know, eight cups of water a day, but, you know, sometimes they have some, you know, uh, iced tea or soda or whatever it is. You know, maybe they're 10, 20 pounds overweight even. They will live with energy and feel good and be great. This to go a little deeper, when I say the emotions are the shell to protect the human body, for for the uh, for the Jewish people in your audience, we have uh, we have ten spheres, we have ten energy points in our body. Um, most of the non-Jewish world, at least in America, refer to those energy points in the body as chakras. They are 
energy points. Hashem created us where each of those energy points correspond to specific organs, glands, and systems in our body, as well as to certain emotions. So therefore, always, every time, I've seen it over and over and over again, specific emotional imbalances, specific traumas will always affect the same parts of the body, the same systems in the body, the similar symptoms in the body. So our work is always to, now to really answer your question, our work is always really to have that healthy outlook, to to be able to realize that we can't fix other people. We can only fix ourselves. You can't say, well, I would be happy if this one didn't bother me and this one was nicer to me and this one wouldn't mm. be so inconsiderate and double park and this one wouldn't, uh, you know... If someone is waiting for everybody else to change so they can lead a happy life, then they're never going to lead a happy life. The whole tikkun, the whole test, the whole thing is for us to realize that we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. And if God puts somebody in your way, if there is someone double parked, then the idea is that perhaps I'm supposed to be delayed a few minutes. And getting out of my car to scream at the guy or honking like a lunatic, not only is not, not going to change anything, but me getting aggravated is going to hurt me. Me getting stressed about something is not going to hurt the other person. Me getting angry at somebody is not going to hurt them. It's going to hurt me because I'm hanging on to anger. The idea is, is for people to understand that emotions are huge and they are 95% at least of physical illness in this world, not just that emotions are emotional illness. In other words, anxiety, uh, you know, being anxious, anxiety, depression, panic, those manifest as emotional imbalances but even the physical ailments that people have are most of the time sourced and rooted from emotions that's what people need to understand and then they will understand why it's so important of how to think and how to work on that aspect of your life and not just to eat healthy i guess it's like an athlete you can't just run one time and say i'm an athlete you have to constantly run to be to continue being a runner so you can't just go to someone like you that um helps them get the allergy or the anxiety down or fix the stomach issue or the migraine once that happens they have to continue with a mindset and 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 inviting only positive thinking into their mind or positive people around them and disconnecting from the negative energy that it doesn't come back. So I think one of the things that you taught me was to constantly, constantly, constantly work on my brain because I could be a huge pessimist. I think in my nature, as much as I look at myself as somebody that is free spirited and thinks good, but I think my original, original core can be a pessimist and somebody that's has a lot of fear and you taught me how to change the mindset and work on that exercise constantly. And once I healed, it wasn't like, okay, I'm free and clear every day working on it and noticing where I'm falling short and working on it again the next day. And I think we did so many sessions on this. It wasn't so much about the healing. It was more on the, on the keeping the positive and and believe and, and tapping into the why, why is this coming? What could this teach me? What, how can I grow from this? How can I create a better person of myself for the world, for my, for my children, for my spouse, for my friends? What is it here to teach me? And you used to say, if you got it and you didn't learn from it, you lost. 
because there's no reason you, you just got the pain without the gain. So what is it there to teach you? I think the, one of the largest messages I got from you is that I'm never done working. Never ever, ever. As much as I feel like, wow, I'm off meds for so many years. I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. Maybe I have a little bit of anxiety, but like not the anxiety that was debilitating. I could speak to people about their problems versus once I couldn't even hear about somebody else's problems because it would give me such sadness. And I think it's from the exercise that I did in my brain. And I think it's sort of, I want to take it to like an addiction, like an addict always is an addict. So a person has to always be in the mode of telling myself, like, today is another day. I could fall today. I need to work on my mindset. I need to work on my wellness. I need to work on my big vision, why I came to this world and what's my purpose. And, and when people do piss us off, think, like, why? What, what's the reason? And, and it's a muscle like any other muscle. Am I correct? Yeah, well, the more we train ourselves, the better off we'll be. The sickness, the imbalance doesn't come from that initial reaction. It's it's being able to recognize the initial reaction and then change it. You know, someone is going to be disappointed if their sports team, you know, perhaps loses or doesn't make it to the playoffs. I'm not saying people shouldn't be sad or disappointed, but if they're not going to get out of bed every morning because their sports team lost, uh, you know, they're going to sleep in or they're going to harp on it and they're not going to or they're not going to accept it or uh, give it more power than it deserves, then imbalances start to stay and manifest. If a person deals with emotions healthily, yeah, the muscle reaction is something that takes time to even train yourself not to even have the initial reaction. But the most important thing is that it doesn't it doesn't uh, stay. A person doesn't say, well, I can't think about what this person did to me. I, I can't, you know, I have to go on with my life. So I'm just, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to move on. And people, that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. They think if they don't think about it, and it's not bothering them. And that's that's a big misnomer. That's a big problem because we have cell memory. We have subconscious memory. We have everything. There's there's no shortcuts to healing. There's no shortcuts to feeling good. There's, there's no shortcuts. You can't say I don't think about it because it's filed away. It's in there. And uh, it's part of who you are unless you've done the work to get rid of it in a in a healthy way. So basically what you're saying is that if someone does double park and you're late to a meeting and you can't get out, it's okay to be upset. But how fast are you bouncing back from it? How, are you taking it all the way to the meeting when you get there late? Or are you taking a deep breath and saying, okay, fine, it's annoying. This is what he did is really wrong. Take a deep breath. This is meant to be, there's a high, higher purpose to this and come back to center. Be human, but coming back to center. Right. And in the best case scenario, someone who's worked on it for years may get have little or no negative reaction to such a situation. They may say, listen, I know already that if this is happening, I'm not changing him. You think I'm going to get out of the car, yell at him and he's, he's never going to double park again. I'm going to make him realize that he's wrong. It, it doesn't happen. So realizing that it's your work and being able to over and over again in those types of scenarios, being able to stop the reaction, eventually you get used to it. People also don't realize that they can change the way they think. They can change. There are things that a person can do to change habits, even habits in thinking the way their brain is wired. And over time, yeah, the best thing is no reaction. But certainly in the beginning, the work is to be able to take that initial reaction and get it, put it in perspective and, and deal with it properly and not let it take over so that, like you're saying, it goes on to affect not just you physically, but if you're in the car with a friend or a wife to start talking to them arrogantly and go into the meeting and mess up a meeting or whatever it is, 
you know, not dealing with stuff that doesn't only have physical consequences, like health consequences, it has consequences because if you, if you allow people to determine what your mood is going to be, if you allow people to control the way you act, then, then you are going to in turn affect other people negatively. Are you on that level of not reacting? Um, not always. I, I'd like to think that, uh, a lot of the time I am, there are still things. Everybody has their, uh, let's say, weaknesses. Everybody has their things that they have to work on. There's, uh, It's very hard to be on a level where everything, I can't say that, I can't say that I'm there. I don't know that too many people can say they're there because even if on the outside they don't react, that they're able to control the outside, are they controlling it on the inside? Because mm. that's really what we're talking about. Controlling it on the outside is, is a little bit easier to clench your teeth and clench your fist and not say a word. Interesting. But if you're not controlling it on the inside and you're going to be burning and you're going to think about it for the next, you know, seven weeks, then again, then you're not in control. So that's, uh, you know, that's like you said, that's why the work never ends. That's why the work never ends. Not because we're, we're, there's something wrong with us, because that is the definition of why we're here. We have constant growth. We have constant, uh, we, we have that ability to constantly grow, to constantly get better, to constantly improve. The day where we say, okay, I've made it. And say, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling pretty good. Everything around me is pretty good. Nothing to do. A person is going to watch their life slide backwards. Why? Because by nature of the way the world was created, we need to constantly uh, improve. If we don't improve, we're going backwards. That is the nature that was put into the world, much like a shark in water. A shark can't stop moving. They have to keep moving. Otherwise, even though they're in water, they can't stop moving. So we, the same way, need to keep moving and keep working on it. doesn't mean we have to let it... Uh, take over our lives, but we have to realize that there's no such thing as I'm good. And it doesn't matter if you're the, if you're a, uh, if someone is a very bad person, if they're a very neutral person, or if they're a very righteous person, certainly any very righteous person will tell you, someone who we may consider like, wow, will tell you that they work on themselves every single day, every single day, because they, their tests are greater than ours because of the level they're on. Since we're um, discussing mental health on this podcast, what are some mindset tools that you can give, two or three tips that you can give people that are deep in the depression, deep in the anxiety, in the rut? What are some mindset tools that they can start off the day to shift that heavy cloud and to just start exercising what we're talking about? So when it comes to um, depression, anxiety, panic, those types of things, those three things really specifically, a person really needs, um, besides working on their thinking and to try to push positive thoughts and realize and keep telling themselves that they can get better and they can heal, um, is to outlet that negative energy somewhere, is to do some physical exercise, is to do, to go running, to hit an elliptical person needs outlet when they're just trying to control the anxiety, when they're just trying to stop themselves from feeling that way with no plan, with no outlet, you know, whether they're coming to me or to somebody or they're, they're not doing anything except maybe take medication, their body needs an outlet. It has to release some of this negative energy. They still ultimately have to deal with what's causing the problem in the first place. And, uh, you know, my job is to balance them for these things, which makes it easier for them to overcome it. That's why I don't like the term healer. I don't heal anybody. I don't do anything. I can balance someone to depression. I can balance someone to anxiety. And they may feel like 200% better 
after the balancing is done, but that's not going to hold unless they're doing the work. Right. Be able to give them much like medication, because medication for depression, let's say, doesn't take away depression. Right. It really plays with different neurons and things in the brain, and it, it allows a person really, when a person's on medication for these things, they're then supposed to go for help to try to fix the problem so they can get off the medication. But unfortunately, most of the people in this country just are on medication right. when it comes to those things specifically. But the idea is, is I will balance a person for the depression. I will balance a person for the things that are causing the depression, for the anxiety, for the things that are causing the anxiety, and different layers of things, the main trauma, the triggers, and everything along the way. And as you know from your own journey, you'll have days that you'll feel great. You'll say, okay, this is working. But then all of a sudden, you have something that triggers it again. And you say, oh, my God, I thought I was better already. I can't do this anymore. I thought I would never have to feel this way anymore. But that's where... The person's work. I'm the support system. I'm the person who can help them achieve it as opposed to doing it by themselves or with conventional therapy, maybe insurmountable. So, so you're saying that they must release the negative energy in order for things to work. So exercise. I was not able to do exercise when I was depleted. I remember you telling me, go run, go jog, go jumping jacks. And I said, I don't have energy. I can't. So, but you said, do something. We used to say, like, even pick up weights, like move yourself around, go for a walk around the block. Don't stay in the same position because the energy is stuck. And also your mind is just going to repeat and you have to change the surrounding in order to change the scene in your mind. So besides, besides exercise, what's an exercise for the brain? that someone could do in the morning when they're waking up tr a full anxiety. They don't want to leave the bed. They're so tired from fighting that battle all night, that fear, the, maybe the panic attack. What, what brain exercise can they do? That's a very difficult question. Um, if, they're not, if they don't have somebody they can call, if they don't have somebody they can deal with, if they're not in a position to exercise or do some physical work or change their scenery, then really, like you're saying, all they have is their brain, and that is what's uh, keeping them at the moment where they are in that state of anxiety. There is no magic for that. The person has to, and again, depending on the personality uh, and their level of stubbornness and determination to be able to, let's say, push everything out and just think of pure white. Just get rid of every thought in your head and try to... Picture white. And when you're picturing white, I don't know, people who have never tried it may not realize that white is not a natural color for us to see when we close our eyes. It's more of the dark side because it's dark. We closed our eyes. So, but a person doesn't realize that if they work on this meditation and they keep kind of, and no matter how white it gets, they have to then take it, okay, I want it brighter. I want it so bright, I'm actually going to start squinting because that's how bright the light is. And to be able to concentrate on that white because that white is what's filtering around all the negative energy and all the bad and all the anxiety and everything that's causing the anxiety to be able to take themselves to a place of whiteness and say, okay, I am, I, I've gotten rid of it. It doesn't affect me anymore. I am not anxious. I am not angry. I am not depressed. I have nothing to be scared of. I have nothing to have panic over. I'm going to be okay, especially to, to, to get into that form of picturing whiteness and just keep telling themselves, I'm going to be okay. Uh, but there's not really magic. I know that it's a very, um, people may not realize, I don't even know if it's ever come up with, you know, the two of us, but until you live in someone's shoes, obviously you don't know the way they feel, but what people who have even seen me may not realize is that 
I do get a taste for it because if I feel someone's anxious, if I feel a certain trauma from somebody, I do at that moment get a, for lack of a better way of articulating it, like a split second of the way they feel. In other words, because I am connecting to them and I am feeling what they feel. Mm. And there are times where I have felt something off people that in that moment, in that split second, it makes me, let's say, want to cry or it, 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 it drains me to go from, let's say, to almost getting into like a, a, a very extreme state of sadness. It's like it's a split second of taking me there. Mm-hmm. So it is. And that's a split second, mind you. And it, it's a it's a horrible feeling for so the people who live with it 24 hours a day or, or much of the day. Uh, it's 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 not pleasant to say the least and uh you know people should just know how different the people who listen to you to know and they don't have to come to me it's not like i have the answers to everything it's not like i can help everybody you have to be the right messenger can't say that i've helped everybody who's ever come to me i don't know that there's any in fact i know i don't think there is a doctor or a practitioner or anybody in any field for that matter any lawyer or anything who's ever helped everybody who's come to them Right. There's still like, uh, you like to use the word, there's a higher power out there and we don't know why we have to go through things and who our messenger is or when the time is. But I certainly, um, I certainly try to help people to the best of my ability. And if I can't, I will advise them and maybe what their next step is or what they need to do. Um, but it's, it's work and it's, it's not easy work, but it's real. It's doable. And it's the most real thing there is because it's not medication. And it could take you back. a place that you've never been and not I wouldn't say back because back means you were there it can create a new you I I definitely think that I created my new me that if I would be before my mental illness saga I would not be where I am now in growth and my connection who knows where I would be in my marriage who knows where I would be with my children with my parents with my sisters with my friends I think it just opened so many um, areas of understanding and empathy, lots of forgiveness, as we said. And um, it taught me how to access different parts of my mind that were not been an option before. It wasn't even, it was like speaking Spanish with me and I'm not good at Spanish. I, it's just not, it's it's just something that was so foreign to me. And this this episode of mental health really opened so many paths of understanding of other people. But I want to touch upon something that I ask many specialists, if it's a doctor, if it's a neuroscientist, I talk about not the person that's suffering, but somebody that lives with a loved one that suffers. How, because you say everything is energy. Everybody's connected. You walk into a room and you can feel if there's negative energy. So if someone's depressed and somebody with a high energy comes in, what happens to their high energy? How do they not get to contaminated by the negative energy? And how could they take their positive energy without words of affirmation and blah, 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 and say, go, you can help, you can heal, you have the power. How can they take their positive energy and bounce it to the one that's suffering and try to give them some light and with their energy without words? Sometimes that's a smile. Sometimes that's a hug. Sometimes that's um, doing something to let the person know that you're there for them, if you're saying without words, but certainly words are a big part of it. And words don't have to mean, uh, you know, over preaching to the person or over talking to the person, but just a word here and a word there just to know you care. And they're going, and again, telling them they're going to be okay and telling them that you are, you're with them every step of the way. You, you made the case for uh, people around you, obviously, depending on 
how that person is connected to you, a spouse, a sibling, a parent, a very good friend, uh, depending on what the relationship is, depending on what they should do or not do or say or not say, but supportive and realizing that um, it's very real for the person who's going through it. And it's not that they don't want to control it. It's that they don't yet have the tools to do so. And um, they need to be very positive and uh, offer only encouragement, like I said, whether it's through the way they act or the way they uh, interact with that person. But what if the person doesn't want to acknowledge that they need help and they're, they're, they're so deep down in the darkness that they don't know if they could change or they're lost hope? How, how do you not, how, do you, how does the supporter not get discouraged? And how do they not get that negative energy on them? And continuing to fuel the one that's suffering. Listen, uh, it's it's like everything else in life. Uh, like we mentioned before, same way you can't change other people, you also can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. So very often, let's say with anxiety, um, person doesn't want to get help for whatever the reason is. Um, they refuse to go to doctors. They say it's not anxiety. Uh, whatever the case may be, or they just are in denial. You can't, you can't help them. You cannot, and they're not going to get better. And even medication is going to have a limited effect, even if they, if they even agree to take medication. And um, it just requires more patience and more love and more understanding from the person around them. You can't, uh, you know, I can't tell other people when to, uh, you know, when to throw in the towel. I, you know, everybody has their own situation that they have to deal with in life with their friends or family members. But the idea is, is that to try never to let that person give up on themselves and for you not to give up on them. And that, you know, uh, hopefully they will realize that they need help and they'll get help. But you certainly can't help them if they don't help themselves. You can just be there when they fall. And how do you protect yourself from their energy coming on to you, their negative energy? That's not something that I can explain in a podcast, in an interview, uh, generally being positive and just um, working not to internalize uh, internalize what they're going through, but to uh, be sympathetic and to um, concentrate on your positivity being stronger than their negativity. But uh, everything past that becomes, uh, you know, you know, a multi-part series Okay. <laughs> okay. You had some grief in your life, Brian. I don't know if you talk about it or not, but you had some grief. Do you feel that what you do and your and your constant work on your mind helped you cope with it? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I do talk about it. I'm not um, opposed to talking about it. I don't tell clients about it except in certain circumstances where I feel that it will help them heal. It will help them take what I'm saying. It's not, well, this guy's sitting behind a desk. It's easy for him to give us advice on how to think and how to deal with life. And probably, you know, pretty easy life. Things are, you know, so it's, he's going to tell me. Right. So I, I, I will at times. Most people, unless they know on their own, I don't tell. Um, but definitely, definitely a strong um faith in God and that, like you say, the higher power, uh, that everything happens for a reason. And my, my intuitiveness to uh, recognize each individual emotion, people have no idea, you know, they think, okay, there's like 10 different emotions. I mean, there's 
there's a whole level, there's a whole, there's multi-levels that a person has to go through in, in such a case, uh, you know, loss and grief and uh, mourning and uh, sadness and uh, heartbreak. And people have no idea that even one single uh, event can cause not just many emotional imbalances, but when you fix one, then comes the next one, because that is the process of healing. Not that, oh my God, why am I feeling uh, something different now or something similar? It's not that it's not working. Uh, there is a healing. There was a healing process created with the world in order for someone to deal with um, tragedy, loss, uh, trauma. There is something in there. And it's not like, well, even when I work on this particular emotion, I get rid of it. It's, it's completely gone. Sometimes it's a multi-step process to get to where you need to get. Yeah, I what I was trying to get to is that I think that we never know what's going to come today in our day. And people that deal with mental health, so they already have a plate full and they know what they need to address today and the feelings. But people that are just going about the day, they're not dealing with mental health issues. They don't know that they need to prepare their mindset and their body for things that are unknown that can hit them just out of the blue. And by them having a healthy mindset and a sense of purpose and a healthy mind that we work on all the time because we went through the pain. So we had to, no one asked us to, but my point is that everybody needs to work on their mindset, on their anger, on their forgiveness, on their connection, because no one has a life free of pain. No one. And pain is going to come sometime. And the more you build your muscle and your body towards whatever is going to hit you, the bounce back will will probably be easier and your recover will be easier or the spiral snowball effect will be less because you're you're preparing, you're preparing yourself, you're building that muscle for the fight whenever it will come. No, no doubt. Um, I heard from Rabbi Eli Mansour that everybody in life has bumps, some bigger, some smaller. We certainly pray that our bumps are not such big ones, but everybody has bumps. There's no such thing, regardless of what it looks like on the outside. So we can go through life upset about our bumps, and then uh, when those challenges are happening, it's much harder for us to deal with it because we're miserable, we're angry, we're, uh, we have resentment, we're sad, we're frustrated, or we can go through it as, as positive thinkers, as being happy, and, and, uh, and then it doesn't mean the challenges, the bumps are not there, but we can get through it easier. And on the flip side, when good things are happening to us, if we're, again, depressed, upset, if we're not in a good mindset, then we can't really even enjoy right. the good things that really happen to us. As opposed to if we're in a good mindset, then that's bonus happiness. You can't um, you can't go through life uh, thinking that everything is supposed to be a certain way. Everything is. I'm not supposed to have pain. I'm not supposed to have challenges. I'm not. It's how you deal with the challenges that really that really define what type of life you're going to lead, not the challenges you have, but how you deal with the challenges. Because we're, we all have them on one level, one, on one level or another, or at one time or another. Correct. So I'm going to wrap this up. And um, you know that I'm very into gratitude. And uh, sometimes during the year, it's usually the beginning of the Jewish year that I sent you a big gratitude. Thank you. Because I 
even though I don't express it very often, you know that you were a huge part of my journey of healing and you believed in me. You really, really gave me the sense that I could do it when I didn't believe in myself and used to say, you're going to be okay. You could do this. You're, you're going to get through this. And you cheered me on. And I, I know that we laugh about this a lot. And I said, Brian, I don't know what you do. Maybe you're just a good cheerleader, but you really cheered me on to get to the deep part of my suffering and to find wellness and to work on all the stuff that comes through my life on a constant basis, even though I don't check in with you very often. But sometimes I'll say, hey, Brian, this is coming up. What What's going on? What is the negative energy? And, and you know me so well that you can tap into me right away and balance it. Or it could be a short conversation. It doesn't even have to be a session that I, I get it because you trained my mind well how to see things. So I want to thank you. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for continuing to support my muscles and my mind and my body to become the better me that I could be. And I, I I will forever be grateful, forever, forever be grateful. And uh, I hope many people can find comfort through you. As you said, you can heal everybody. You can heal anybody, but you could definitely be a help to many. So whoever comes your way, I, I, I highly recommend you as a mentor, as a coach, as a mind, mindset person. And besides the technician part that I don't understand, and I probably will never understand and will forever have debates on it. But whatever you're doing works and it's phenomenal and you have a gift. So thank you. The last question I'm going to ask you, if, do you want to say something? First of all, well, first of all, uh, I mean, you're welcome. Um, certainly can't take credit. Like you said, it was all your work. Um, me being able to balance and help the person through it and also point out specifically what a person is feeling because sometimes people don't realize what they're feeling and how different certain emotions are from one another. Right. They may think they're depressed when in fact they're not. They're, they're just sad about something or they're upset about something. And sometimes a person uh, has trouble really articulating in their own mind what, what the issue is. Um, uh, like I said, there's something going and there's always things going on. That's why it's constant work. There are things going on with you now that you need to work on, but I don't know if you want me to say that uh, on the air, as they say. Um, but you're welcome. It's, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I see people uh, living life differently, living life happier, better, healthier as a result of uh, our doing work together, then it reminds me of why I started doing this in the first place. Uh, besides that, you know, I was pointed in this direction by a higher power. Um, it reminds me why, because I remember when I didn't feel well and uh, I just didn't accept it. And a lot of people don't realize that they're there, there is an answer. It's not always, well, you know, you got to take a pill and, you know, that's it. It's, it's not always the answer. And people should at least know what they choose to do with that information is up to them, but they should at least know there are options out there. And uh, there's a lot that we don't understand, including myself. There's a lot that we don't understand or know or have any clue about. It's not just you who doesn't understand what I do. Sometimes I don't understand what I do, but uh, the bottom line is, is that if it helps people, uh, it's awesome. And I'm very happy um, that you're happy and that you are uh, doing well. As you said, we speak once in a while, so I know that. And I'm, uh, it gives me, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but it gives me joy when I see you or someone like you um, living life in the right way. Happy Thank you. So my last question that I ask, what does hope mean to you? What does hope mean to me? I'm saying you're not supposed to repeat the question. Um, 
Hope means, good question. Hope probably means, it means to me uh, that uh, in my mind, I want something or I want something to be a certain way. But I think part of hope is also you can't have hope without faith. Uh, I think that is the key. A lot of people have hope, but they don't have faith. So hope is, I hope this deal comes through for me. And when it doesn't, it defines them at that moment. And they either uh, takes them down or it has a very big negative impact. Hope means I put in my effort. I hope that this works out. But if it doesn't, that's where faith comes in and you say, that means this was not good for me and I wasn't supposed to get this and this wasn't supposed to happen. And not only do I accept it, I know that it was for my good, even if I don't understand how that's possible right now. Mm. So for you, it's hope with faith. There is no hope without faith. It's not healthy to have hope without faith. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I like that. I like that. And it's really the essence of who you are, because um, many conversations that we had, I used to say, but I don't understand. And you said part of it is not understanding and um, just going with faith. So and it really helps because when you are so at a loss, you're you're hoping that there's a bigger power that does understand, because if there isn't, that's really sad. That's really, really sad. And then that's when you lose hope, when there's no higher reason for the why. Exactly. So that's why I said hope is there's nothing wrong with hope. I hope that this works out. I hope that my child does this. I hope that my parents, I hope there's nothing wrong with hope. It gives us something to look forward to. But our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations, they don't always go the way we think they're going to. As a matter of fact, most of the time they do not work out how or when we want them to. Therefore, uh, without faith, it's 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 very difficult life. Very yeah. difficult life. Brian, what? How can people reach you? Email me at uh, either Brian at gettingwellness dot com. They can call my office at five one six nine three nine twenty six hundred. Um, those are probably the two uh, easiest ways. We'll put uh, it in the show notes. Okay, we can do that. And uh, and I'm very disappointed on one thing, Brian. What's that? You did not give your giggle one time during this entire recording. I'm not sure what giggle that is, but you I used I to give like this big, big, huge laughter. Maybe it was part of when you heal people, you give this big laughter while you're healing them. Maybe because they right, they needed they need that laughter. They need that. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday who called me who has gone through sessions with me who thank god is doing much better but like anybody there's something going on in their life that is challenging now so i got a text and i um and i answered it and that person responded again and then i said something which i knew would be humorous and the person said thank you you made me smile that's what i need so sometimes it's just sometimes it's all you need sometimes it's all you need yeah, so I, I was not aware that that was part of the energy releasing techniques that you use, but you do have this big chuckle, like uh, giggle out loud. Maybe it was because I used to say ridiculous things that made really made you laugh. That could be also that, that, that could 
me also. Because <laughs> I, I used to say really ridiculous things and I probably still do. But I was wondering if you're going to give that big laugh, but I guess it was too much of an intense conversation to get that. So if anybody goes for treatment by Brian, you'll probably get that big giggle, which is very therapeutic. So <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> now you're, you're going to make me laugh. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining us. If you want to find more about our community, you can find us on hopetorecharge.com and on Hope to Recharge the Community on Facebook. Thank you very much for listening. Bye till next time. So before we end this episode, I just want to give you a heads up that we did do a deep dive with Brian, a live episode of Brian working with me on an emotional clearing session. And you'll be able to walk with me through the journey and hear what is it like to work with Brian or what is it like to work with someone like Brian, somebody that connects to your energy, that clears your energy, that taps into your energy. And what does it mean to clear whatever trauma or whatever emotional stuff that are coming up? So we're going to give you a little bit of a clip now that you see what will be coming up. Stay tuned because I think this is going to be a really interesting episode. It was a little bit vulnerable for me. I shared as much as I can. On the spot, it's hard to be put in the spotlight. But I did my best and I hope you enjoy and I hope it will give you some kind of clarity of what this work that Brian does or what is a quote unquote healer. What is emotional work look like from a energy point of view? Hope you enjoy it. Take care. First, I'm there's anger. I'm feeling like there's anger. There's some anger you're holding on to. I don't know if you want to address that first or anger was always something that I always struggled with that I hold on to, one of the things that Brian taught me was forgiveness, the idea of forgiveness and what does it mean to forgive. In the past, I thought forgiveness was giving the okay that whatever was done to me was okay and it gives it, I'm basically telling the person that hurt me, it's okay that you hurt me versus Brian says, don't give them permission to hurt you more by you holding on to that anger. And he would give me tools to how to let go and to see why, what is it teaching me? What is, what is that emotion bringing up and when I feel that anger? And it does create a tremendous amount of negative energy. So I'm, I guess I'm far from perfect from letting go of anger, but I work on it all the time. But when Brian says I'm picking up on anger, I have to tap into where it's coming from in order to release it. I need to understand where it's coming from. All right. So just to be clear for the people that are listening to understand how these, uh, this energy, this feeling of emotion of somebody works. So number one, there are many different words for very similar emotions, like there's sadness and depression and there's anger and there's, um, you know, there's livid or there's uh, resentment. Well, resentment is not anger, but there's like uh, anger and fury and there, there are different levels of, but it's very specific, number one. Number two is me feeling the imbalance of the emotion. Let's take anger, for example. It doesn't mean you're an angry person. It doesn't even mean you're angry right now. It means there is anger inside you and I'd have to think into it further to see if that anger is at yourself, at something uh, at an ongoing thing, at someone, at a group of people. In other words, the emotion by itself doesn't doesn't necessarily answer the question. But when I bring it up to the person, very often they can immediately 
know where it's coming from. And sometimes it takes some uh, digging in, you know, and getting more of a narrowing it down so they can see if it's in their past, uh, what it does relate to. I'm also feeling betrayed that you have, uh, that you're feeling betrayed. Mm -hmm. Are they connected? Yes, there is a connection. I want to just tell the audience how, if you can give a one-minute explanation, how are you tapping into it? They're, t they're probably thinking, what is he doing? Um, I, that's something I don't know how to explain. It's, uh, it's a medical intuition. It's, an, it's, it's getting, a, for lack of a better word, it's a vibe of someone's energy when they're wearing something on their sleeve, when there's something that they want and when their body wants to heal from and wants to deal with, even if their conscious mind is not thinking of it, but their subconscious wants to get rid of it, doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Those are the types of things uh, health-wise and emotion-wise that I'm going to feel of someone. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.